you know, be recording yourself just in case. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that with just the two of us, the call quality will be just fine. I like right. that, uh, like that shelf you got back there, man. Fucking, yeah, yeah it's looking those, good. Look at all those wrestlers. Yeah. And is there just an out, open laptop showing the radio stream right now? Yes, there is. Okay, interesting. <laughs> got a lot going on. Yeah. Cool. All right. Then uh, let's do it in five, four, three, two, one. Make July gems happen now. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, yeah. What is going on, everybody? It's uh, Game That Tune Gems back in the house. It's your boy John Harrington here. I got Jesse Moore with me. Say hey. Hey. We ain't got Johnny and we ain't got David. We're just doing a nice two-man show this month. Uh, just felt like keeping it simple, you know? Sometimes uh, schedules get in the way, but sometimes it's nice to just have a, a simple one-on-one -on -one conversation about a few awesome games on Game That Tune Gems, the show where we listen to music from 30, 20, and 10 years ago. So we've got awesome uh, games and their uh, music from July of 1993, 2003, and 2013. And, uh, you know, Jesse, I'm glad you're here with me. It's a, it's an interesting month. Uh, not, not a whole lot of, uh, like, huge substance in, you know, really any of the segments. But, like, you know, it's got some, uh, dare I say it, some gems. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, some, Imagine uh, that. Uh, you know, like a, a good number of 93 releases. And then I guess sometime in 2003 and 2013, video game companies were like, eh, maybe we're not going to release anything big. But uh, it'll uh, it'll be an we interesting... We can't replicate what we did 10 years ago. Yeah. Why would we even try? We'd be foolish. You know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun time. Good little, uh, good little mix of tunes. So let's, uh, let's do it like we always do by hopping back in time to... Uh, July of 1993. And man, oh man, Jesse, did you know they're still making games for the <laughs> NES in July of 1993? <laughs> I've heard rumors. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I want to give, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do a better job of shouting out games that we decided not to actually feature the music from on the show. So I want to give an opening shout out to, uh, the NES release Color A Dinosaur. Um, a truly unnecessary uncalled for game <laughs> um, that's for sure like uh, a dinosaur coloring book game on the NES that I feel like stays in people's minds because it was composed by Tommy Tallarico um, yeah which uh, you know Sorry. For, for us here at GTT uh, gets it no recognition whatsoever outside of this uh, this passing <laughs> mention so uh, there are better ways to color a dinosaur than by using a Nintendo um but let's talk about things uh, things that are fun to play on your NES. Jesse, uh, let's talk about a uh, an interesting beat 'em up from the uh, the old Capcom boys that came out on the NES in 1993. Uh, talking about Mighty Final Fight. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, an interesting see, little game. The weird NES port of uh, a great 16-bit. Um, beat him up. Yes. Um, Final fight. And uh, is this only one player? I believe it is. <laughs> <There's> yeah, that's <laughs> uh, that's great. Great. Oh, wait, Love hold on. I, you know, I don't want to say that for sure because uh, you know, Final Fight on the SNES was uh, famously, or wait, was it Final Fight on the SNES that was one player, or Double Dragon on the NES that was one player? 
No, yeah, the Mighty Final Both. Fight. Mighty Final Fight is definitely single player. Which, that yeah, sucks. <laughs> which is wild because these games are meant to play with a buddy. Yeah, know? whole point is choose your guys and uh, go. But uh, yeah, Mighty Final Fight, uh, the uh, like chibi version of Final Fight on the NES. Uh, it's quite cute. You know, it uh, it it looks a lot like Double Dragon, but it's Final Fight. <laughs> Um, yeah, I bet it, it, it. It's very charming looking for sure. Yeah. See, um, I would just do. I'm just you know always curious why they th- thought. Yeah, let's do let's do an NES version of Final Fight, even though the NES already has like numerous famous beat 'em ups. Uh, you know, and many of which can now be played with two players. Um, you know, Double Dragons two and three, River City Ransom. Um. You know, there are probably others I'm not thinking of at the moment. You know, was Renegade 2 Turtles players? 3, uh, oh, yeah, the Project. God, the fucking Ninja Turtles games, yes. Um, yeah, they uh, they were really getting it in under the wire for a Mighty Final Fight. I would be more intrigued, frankly, by an SNES chibi Final Fight. Like, hmm. if they, uh, you know, if they did Final, two player. F- Final Fight Kids and made it two-player, you know, uh, made it look like fucking, like the SNES Goemon game or something. Uh, I'd be into it, but as it is, I'm into it because I like NES music. I like music from the Capcom people. I like Setsuo Yamamoto, Yuko Takahara, Yuko Takahara, and uh, Yoshihiro Sakaguchi. You know the uh, the big Capcom people. Um, so we got two fantastic songs from Mighty Final Fight. We've got Round One, The Slum, and Round Two, The Riverside.
Uh, funny thing about Mighty Final Fight, also, sounds remarkably like Mega Man music. A little um, bit, yeah. Yeah. I got the, that. Yeah, and I would like to see, uh, I would like to see the Mighty Final Fight characters in more of a Mega Man setting, I think, uh, oh. you know, or the Mega Man characters in more of a Final Fight setting. What if you had to go around, like, Monsteropolis as Mega Man and beat up the Robot Masters on the streets? Yeah, you know, that would uh, be pretty cool. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> I would play the hell out of that. Yeah, God, Capcom should just smush all their games together at some point. That'd be uh, mm, that'd be good. Um, so moving on, you know, moving out of the uh, out of the NES and straight to the Genesis. Uh, some people might call it a Mega Drive, not on this podcast. Uh, Jesse, I want to know. Here. <laughs> do you? Uh, do you have any experience with this series or this game, the first entry in this series, a little game called Shining Force? Um, I do. It is um, a strategy RPG. It's, it's it's very much like Fire Emblem, but on the Sega Genesis. Mm. And um, it's pr- pretty good. Uh, the first Shining game was, you know, Shining in the Darkness, which was a... Uh, more of a dungeon crawler shit and so this is not the first entry in this series <laughs> i mean well the shining series is like all over the place eventually well, so, yeah because yeah, i mean you start out with that horror movie with by stanley kubrick and then eventually yeah, it becomes that, a strategy rpg yeah it's uh what is it all work and no tactics make jack a dull boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so it's, Don't mind if I do. it's the first or second game in the series, depending on uh, what you know about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's like a strategy RPG on the Genesis then. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty good. I think, uh, two though, is probably the, the real sweet spot. And, um, a lot of people are fond of the three on Sega Saturn, but Ooh. that's pretty much impossible to find so good luck right yeah exactly, which yeah. and in america only got one part of three as well which is uh. weird uh <laughs> there was and i think we got like a part like halfway in it's just like we got like part two oh, and japan geez. got like part one two and three we only got empire strikes back yeah <laughs> so it's, it's, it's wild <laughs> interesting yeah yeah i uh i've never played them uh, i'm not um, time has shown to me that I'm not good at or fond of strategy RPGs. I, I've tried a couple of times, and uh, I don't know, man. Maybe I just can't think two steps ahead or something. I just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I fucking suck at these games. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I, a lot of rock paper scissors too. They're yeah, true. But yeah, I'd like to have played more of them. I don't know. Like, uh, I think I just need to probably try. You know, Jesse, if you. Know, sidebar should i try final fantasy tactics i know it's one of your top games like if i've never literally never played it and i'm bad at tactical and strategy games do you still think i should try final fantasy tactics you know i i do believe there's going to be a remake Mm. of final fantasy tactics coming out really so maybe wait for that okay if it's anything like the seven remake then it won't be the same game at all (laughs) well it'll probably still be more or less a tactics uh, final fantasy tactics right but um i think if you if you like the job system from a final fantasy game um and you know the ability to customize your party um there's also you can catch like chocobos and have monsters fight on your team with you and stuff Word. uh so i don't know i th- i think you would might like it because okay. um you you'll probably find the sprite work is very charming. Right. Um, I like uh when one of the characters, like 
occasionally a character will get like real close to another character and just stab him right in the gut. And like the way it looks with the sprites is just so cool looking. Like, like the sprite work in that game and the death sound, like I forget how the, the, you know, I can't make the sound, but there's a specific sound that the characters make when they die. That's just, it's in my head forever. It's just a perfect video game sound. So, So yes, I think you should try Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. Uh, all that said, do you think I should try Shining Force? I think you should try listening to the music because yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it's got that that weird FM, and it's very distinct. Like when you hear it, you're like, okay, that's going to be Shining Force or like one of three other games that kind of has that kind of sound with like the there's like this like boopy bop sound that's in it. I Sweet. think, yeah. All right, cool. So let's uh, let's try that. Let's try listening to two fantastic songs from Shining Force from composer Masahiko Yoshimura. We've got the world map one and battle number five.
battle tunes, man. Good, yeah, good stuff. Um, man, yeah, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll take your advice on the tactics and the Shining Force. I'll stick with the Shining Force soundtrack and maybe one day play tactics. Um, moving on from the uh, Genesis to uh, the Game Boy. How about it, Jesse? Uh, got two big time Game Boy releases this month, and oh man, yeah, I know you're a fan of both of the characters that we're going to be talking about. So let's start with mm, I'd argue the more popular of the two licensed characters oh. on the Game Boy we're going to talk about. Uh, talking about a little game starring your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 3, Invasion of the Spider-Slayers on the Game Boy. Jesse's favorite wow. Spider-Man Game Boy game, I'm sure. I have not played this game. Are um, you aware that it exists? You know, I'm aware that they made a ton of Spider-Man games on the Game Boy. Um, I am not knowledgeable as to their subtitles. Right. And how many exactly they made. Yeah. You read the um, comics. Are you familiar with the idea of a spider slayer? I do know the spider slayers. Okay. It's like this, this dude who's in like a wheelchair and like Norman Osborn is like, yo, I'll let, I'll give you a bunch of technology. Um, if, uh, to, to help build your legs and Kingpin is like, yeah, um, but you got to kill Spider-Man. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, damn, and okay. so, of course, you know, <laughs> things get worse and worse. And and he starts making, like, fucked up machines to try to kill Spider-Man. And um, the, the 90s cartoon, like, starts right off with uh, the Spider-Slayers. So. Oh, dope. I got to go back and watch that. I think it's all on Disney+. Plus. It it holds up surprisingly well. Like, it's it's good. I liked yeah. it. I tried getting Jake to watch it a little bit. It, it didn't quite grab him. But uh, it will at some point. He likes Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man's cool. Um, it's a little more talky than you expected. Yeah, true. You know, yeah, I, I don't think he fully grasped on the first watch that Peter Parker and Spider-Man were the same guy. Yeah, he's like, who, who is this guy? <laughs> like, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't care about this guy's relationship with his aunt. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little Spider-Man platforming game on the Game Boy. Uh, I like the entry in the Spider-Man wiki. Uh, about the reception, as was the case with uh, Spider-Man 2 on the Game Boy. Critics panned the game for having small graphics, complicated controls, grammatical errors in the exposition scenes, and for being frustratingly difficult. Um, oh. Yeah. How could the controls be complicated on the Game That's Boy? That's a big-time question bugs. for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can only do a so many combinations stop. of things. <laughs> like, B, punch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Press up to jump, maybe? I mean, I'm trying to okay. think, of, you know, how can you complicate things? Like, you know, <laughs> press up to jump and then up again to swing, and then you got two combat buttons to use, maybe. I don't know. But, like, no, a Game Boy can't have complicated controls. It can have <laughs> shitty controls. In order, <laughs> in, in order to use your web, you have to do, like, the dragon punch input from Street Fighter oh, every time. God, that'd be so cool. On your uh, Game Boy. Mm-hmm. God, yeah, little quarter circles to do everything. You know, <laughs> God, no thanks. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, silly little game from Spider-Man uh, and LJN and composer Shahid Ahmad. Uh, we've got two fantastic songs, because uh, again, I wouldn't feature it on the show if it had just shitty music. You know, what is this, Tasmania? <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we got two fantastic songs. We have background musics one and three from Spider-Man... Uh, and what was that subtitle about the Spider Slayers? Invasion of the Spider Slayers. Uh, 
always very pleased with these Game Boy games when the music actually is, uh, I don't know, pleasant to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, I love a good Game Boy. Crunchy, but like, you know, not bad at all. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, so, as I said, that was the more popular of the two characters uh, for uh, this uh, discussion. Let's talk about the more long-tenured character, however. You know, I think a character older than Spider-Man maybe has fallen into, uh, you know, not as popular as he once was. You know, he was real popular back in the 1920s, um, you know, probably into the 30s and 40s. Uh, you know, one of the uh, one of the oldest characters, I suppose, that has a Game Boy game based on uh, them. Uh, I'm talking, of course, Jesse, about Felix the Cat on the Game Boy. Yes. <laughs> of course. Yes. Um, oh, is that maybe his last game, or has I'm he had sure games since then? <laughs> yeah, it's I, like, <laughs> mm, yeah, it's a good question. I yeah, I did not do a whole lot of Felix research uh, for this, but. Yeah, you know, I would assume yes, because I have you know, not heard of anything starring or featuring Felix the Cat between the time that this came out and the time that we started recording this podcast. <laughs> like he's fallen into somewhat of obscurity in the last 30 years. <laughs> you know, my dad used to always tell me about this cartoon called Fritz the Cat. Different cartoon and... entirely. <laughs> yeah. Is there a Game Boy game about him? Now, that would be a pretty interesting one. I don't think so. But, man, I would love to see what uh, what Hudson Soft could do with Fritz the Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Just take Super Adventure <laughs> Island and reskin it with Fritz. Yes. Boy. Um, but, yeah. So, it's uh, Felix the Cat for the Game Boy, made by Hudson Soft. Um, you know, it's a cute little platformer. And... Uh, it's got Felix the Cat, who was a character that came about in 1919. I really don't know if there's anything else I can say about it. Uh, sounds uh, not legally. No, exactly. I'm, I'm you know under a, a court order. Um, a, Fel- a Felix the Cat NDA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know Felix Cat sets out to defeat a mad professor who ki- uh, kidnapped uh, Felix's girlfriend Kitty. Um, then apparently it's, uh, it's almost the same game on NES and Game Boy. It's just fewer levels on Game Boy. And I assume fewer colors. Uh, it was 1983 <laughs> after all. But, uh, it's, uh, it's a cute little game. I mean, you know, Felix is a cute character. I feel like this guy should come back. I, uh, you know, I don't know. He's cute. It's like, I was always aware of him as a kid, but I don't know what, like, what his thing is. Like, what, what is Felix the Cat's thing? Besides just being a cat and being a cartoon. Did he have like a cane or a hat, I think? Uh, I, I mean, on the cover of the game, he's dressed in a top hat and like a tuxedo, and he's holding a, like a yeah, like a pimp uh, cane. But I don't think, I think that was his thing. I see. I I always just remember him being a little black cat. Uh, he's pretty cute, pretty cute little character. I like him. But um, we got two fantastic songs from his game, Felix the Cat for the Game Boy. Uh, again, made by Hudson Soft and composed by Kunio Komatsu and Yoki Shinjiuku. We've got the title screen and we've got the Egypt stage. So yeah, Felix is on a trip around the world. Let's uh, uh, let's uh, hear how that's going for him.
I gotta say, I really like that music. Uh, it's, you know, it's good. Not uh, not too rough on the ears. And that Egypt song has got to be one of the least, like, desert, cliche-sounding, yeah. like, video game songs I've ever heard. Like, that does not, you know, they didn't try for the, I don't know, the the vague, you know, Middle Eastern pastiche that most, uh, most uh, video game desert levels go for. It's a, it's a cool little Not, uh, cool not little a single sitar. I'm saying. Huh. Some sitar really would have brought the song to life, but, you know, oh, well, it was the Game Boy. I did look, uh, you know, I saw on Felix the Cat's page, uh, he has a magic bag. He has a bag oh, of tricks, it. and it can turn into things and, like, take the shape of things. Um, so, yeah, uh, and apparently a lot of the cartoon, it's characters trying to steal the magic bag. Because, yeah, everybody wants the magic bag. Um, so, Yeah. Interesting little guy, Felix the Cat. I wish he was in this next game. We're moving on to the SNES. And, uh, man, this game could use a magic bag or two. It's uh, it's already weird enough, but we got to talk about it. A, uh, dare I say it, cult game, cult classic game for the SNES. Um, yeah, there One aren't of the few. There aren't many of those. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this game, it's a little game made by, uh, shit, is it made by NX or Quintet? It's made by Quintet. Um, it's called Evo Search for Eden, Jesse. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Um, have you ever actually played this game? You know, I, I probably fired it up in an emulator, like, briefly. Oh, real quick, Just I want to say, shit, it, it is made by Enix, not Quintet. Foolish me. Um. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um. It's Enix. 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 Um. Enix. Yeah, I fired and, uh, it up in an emulator, too. Uh, did you enjoy playing this game? <laughs> You know, I saw I saw some like potential there, but at the time I wasn't ready to like get into it deep. Right. Cuz I feel like if you like just, you know, sat and got into it, it would probably be pretty fun, but at the time that's not the kind of like, you know, thing I was looking for in a, a video game. Yeah. I'm um, not sure it's so supposed to be fun. I think it's supposed to be interesting. I, I don't know if fun factors into it. Like, you know, you start out as, like, a little fish underwater, and you have to, like, eat things and evolve and earn points to evolve your different parts to make your way up the evolutionary chain. And uh, just swimming around in the water eating, like, you know, plankton and shit for, you know, points, it's not fun. Uh, And then once you get to, like, fight a boss and then, like, move on, I I still don't recall it being all that fun. (laughs) Like, it's, uh, it's a weird fucking game. Yeah, you hmm. evolve from like an undersea fish to you know eventually like a a caveman, and then you got to fight like a corrupted god. It's uh, <laughs> you know it's interesting, but I don't know <laughs> I don't know about fun. <laughs> it was tedious. That's what it was. Hmm. it was. You know, a lot of a lot of swimming and eating, not a whole lot of action to it. <laughs> but uh, you know, weird fucking game. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a. Yeah, what a strange thing. Well, that's why it's a cult classic. Exactly. Yeah, if, if you know, it wouldn't have a, a video on YouTube with over a million views if it weren't a cult classic video game. Um, <laughs> it's uh, really something. So, it's also got one you know minor major problem with it. It's got a composer that I just can't talk about anymore. I, I'm just, you know, uh oh, I can't be polite about it. He's he he just. You know, this guy pisses me off. He's dead, and he's still dead, which is the good part. You know, it's it's a it's got a Koichi Sugiyama soundtrack. 
Oh, that guy? Yeah. Fuck. And I mean, you know, I, I do the whole oh. art and artist separation thing, but, you know, even when I do, I still feel the need to dunk on this guy for being a dead asshole. So, composed by Koichi Sugiyama, a, you know, still dead asshole, uh, we've got two songs from Evo, Search for Eden. Uh, we've got Mother Earth, and we've got Bullbox, the unnatural threat. Um, you know, running the <laughs> run the gamut of things in Evo, Search for Eden. <laughs> Let's start, start at the beginning and get to the end. <laughs> eat, eat, eat.
Yes, from your humble beginnings as a little lowly fish in the primordial ooze, you've got to fight Bullbox, the unnatural threat. Um, in Evo Search for Eden. What a, what a mess. Um, you know, weird little game. Uh, you know, I would say I don't want a remake of that game. I'd like a, you know, someone to point me into the direction of a game that does that game's ideas better. Uh, you know, games, mm-hmm. you know, not many games tackle, uh, evolution as a concept. And, uh... Pokemon. Well, shit, Jesse, that's, uh... Man, you poked a hole right in that argument. Okay, so we'll play Pokemon for going forward instead of Evo Search for Eden. That's that's probably why they never made a sequel. Pokemon came along and ate Evo's <laughs> lunch. Uh, so let's move on to a more fun SNES game that I'm also hoping Jesse has played. Um, you know, I probably should have put this right after Felix the Cat, you know, given his, uh, you know, cute cartoon characters uh, going on adventures. Though this is a little less magical, a little more uh, goofy, dare I say it. Mm. Ah, yes. Jesse, I'm talking about Goof Troop. <laughs> yes. Every day they're out there making Oof Troops. Wait, no. <laughs> you just mixed up my theme songs. <laughs> Jesse, my brain. <laughs> Goof Troop, woohoo. <laughs> my, my mind exploded for a second there. Um, you know, I have a confession here. I didn't get Disney Channel back in the day. I didn't know that Goof Troop was a show that preceded a Goofy movie. I saw oh. a, I saw a Goofy movie before I ever knew of Goof Troop, and I've still not watched a whole lot of Goof Troop in my day. It's very yeah, very, very weird. I thought it my came relationship out to the movie too. Uh, you know, this uh, this you know Goof Troop came out for like uh, TV in like ninety two. Goofy movie wow. wasn't until 94, 95. So, okay. And I want to say that, like, it's like the Goofy movie is a sequel basically to Goof Trip because Max is older in the movie than he is on the show. So, I see. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I didn't watch a lot of Goof Troop, unfortunately. Okay. Good. Neither did I. I don't, you know, my family didn't have fucking Disney Channel. Are you kidding? Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. Nope. Um, but did you play Goof Troop? The, the interesting little co op puzzle game for the SNES. Uh, no, because since it was, um, one, I didn't own an SNES as a kid. Oh, right. Two, um, I probably wouldn't have gotten it because it was a co-op game and I wouldn't have had anyone to play with. Right. Um, so. Your dad wasn't all that goof troop. It seems like no, a father and son game. You know, that probably would have been, but <laughs> he probably wasn't <laughs> into that kind of game. He was more into like games with like World War II planes and stuff. Oh, okay. Well, Goofy was, uh, you know, at least a character back then, so you could ma- almost true. sell him on it. But yours, probably- I was at the Normandy beaches. <laughs> you know, it'll haunt me forever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you probably your your dad probably didn't care for old Max, the you know that uppity kid that won't pull up his pants or whatever. I don't know. I don't know fucking how to describe Max. Um. But yeah, it, uh, it's a cool little game. It's it's like. A puzzle adventure game that, yeah, you can play co-op or you can play single player. I've never actually played it co-op, and I didn't have a whole lot of fun playing it single player. But it seems like it would be, like, I I have this, you know, fantastic idea of, like, playing a game with somebody that fully knows how to play the game. You solve the puzzles great together. I get the feeling it would be more frustrating than anything. Like, you get the levels done faster, but you have to count on somebody else to be on the same page and understand how to solve the puzzles. Like, 
I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would love to try it at some point, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I guess Goof Troop didn't really get a get a re release or like any attention after this. Like you know, they they released that Disney like Saturday you know breakfast collection or whatever a couple years ago. But that was all like yeah. NES games. They didn't really pay any attention. And then I guess they eventually released the the Lion King, and like the Aladdin collection or whatever. But they just looked right over Goof Troop. Huh. Man, imagine I mean, there's still time. Imagine Goof Troop on your PS5 with crossplay. You know, Jesse, you and I could be playing this now. <laughs> yeah. You know, get that PlayStation Finally. Plus, that Game Pass subscription. Fucking boot up Goof Troop. Play this game for thirty minutes. Worth the money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cute little game from uh, Capcom and composer Yuki Satomura. We've got character selects, Goofy or Max. And we've got To the South. Uh, Goofy. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> go there, guys. He calls it the War of Northern Aggression. <laughs> Gorge, not again. Fun tunes. Fun little game. I forgot also the fun fact uh, about this game. Uh, it's a Capcom game, and it's the first game uh, designed by Shinji Mikami, uh, who went on, of course, to do Resident Evil. Uh, so, kind of changed gears after Goof Troop. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Shinji. Doors. Yeah. Got the started horrors with... of war. Yeah. <laughs> made me want to make a more simpler scary yeah. game. What's going on in this mansion? You were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> God. Um, Golly, Wesker. <laughs> Albert, what are you doing? Kablam. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to a couple of fighting games to round out this 1993 segment. Let's head to the arcade, Jesse. It's a mm. big one in the arcade. Um, want to talk about just a rad-ass game. 
A rad-ass samurai fighting game. It's Samurai Showdown time, baby. All right. Yeah, dude. Can you imagine? Can you believe that Samurai Showdown came out only 30 years ago? It feels like a like an SNK, like, arcade kind of launch game. I feel like, you know, it's just one of those yeah. games I feel like it's always been around. It's been there forever. Turns out, no. It's, uh, it came out in 93. So, you know, what a fucking game. Um, classic yeah I, I, I think i just got this i got this a little while ago on the switch you know they have those like arcade neo geo classics and it's pretty goddamn fun <laughs> like, it is i'm not good at it uh no. but you know it's it's pretty cool like the the scaling of the sprites and stuff like as you move apart this uh, like this camera can zoom out and shit uh and you know the characters are really cool looking and you know it's just fun to fucking play like weapon based fighting games. You, you uh, chop people up like the coins come out of them. <laughs> yeah, rad. Um who's your guy in Samurai Showdown? Who do you like? I usually play uh is it, is it Galford? The um, he's like the ninja without the mask. Yes. And he has like a dog he can summon. Mm-hmm. I like that him. guy. Um God, yeah, I need to look up the list of guys. Fucking yeah. Well, who are the guys in Samurai Showdown? There's uh the bird lady. Is that Nakaruru? Um, yeah. Yeah, I like there's her. A, there's uh, a Honomaru guy who's like in all the crossovers um with the big hair. Oh yeah, um, Homaru, yeah. Um see. Yeah, I just want like a rundown, man. Where's my fucking fighters generation yeah, I can't page? Remember anyway. Yeah, I names. mean, you know, they're cool. Hayabusa, I think. Mm, yeah. Um, just cool. I mean, cool characters. You know, I, I hate that I can't think of them offhand. I'll have to boot up the fucking Switch game and, you know, uh, I feel like there's a big motherfucker that like breathes fire and I hate him. Uh, after a, oh, the one with the big ball and stuff. Yeah, cool ball as fuck. Chain. Yeah, yeah, just a cool game. Violent, they bloody, cool, big giant sprites. Yeah, oh, exactly. Great one. detail on sprites. You know, bloody action, samurai shit. It's all good. You know, it's not the best about it. Soundtrack. Uh, uh, it's got some tunes, but a lot of it's uh, a lot of it's a lot of cave ambiance and shit. Mm. So I picked some uh, what I thought were some good tunes uh, from composers Masahiko Hataya and uh, the SNK Sound Team. We've got Tuna. That's Galford's team. Uh, excuse me, Tuna. Tuna. We've got Tuna. Uh, Galford's theme, also appropriate for Game That Tune. So this could be the official new song of Game That Tune. Uh, and we've got the Banquet of Nature, Nakaruru's theme. You know, because uh, we all love those birds. So, uh, yeah, fucking love these guys.
dig that, uh, dig those tunes. Again, if you're looking up the soundtrack, or if you're maybe on GTT Radio and you're wondering why not a lot of it's on there. Again, a lot of, like, uh, a lot of temple and cave ambiance. But, uh, you know, there's some bops in there. It's, uh, it's good tunes, good stuff. So, uh, let's close it out with, uh, like I said, another fighting game. But not so much a fighting game as it is a wrestling game. A game mm. that, uh, we've, uh, featured on Game That Tune. Uh, at some point in the past, you know, I guess we're pulling back the curtain that, yeah, we're, you know, recording this, uh, you know, a little late. I, Cause I, again, still can't figure out if it's worse to have recorded something and not edited it or record something super duper late. Um, so we got Saturday Night Slam Masters, Jesse. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. This uh, game rules. It does. Yeah. You know, fucking let's get back to that Capcom Pro Wrestling Association. Uh, yeah. Love these guys. You know, we started with a little mighty final fight and we're closing with Saturday Night Slam Masters. It was a big month for Hagar. Yeah, um, he's busy. Yeah, exactly. Being big, being little, playing by himself, <laughs> playing against other people, wrestling, beating up people. Um, just a fucking cool game. Uh, fucking, I guess we, you know, we kind of discussed on game that too. I, I don't want to direct people to listen to that if they're listening to this, but, uh, Jesse, do you think this game would be uh, more long-lasting if they had stuck with the Japanese title, Muscle Bomber, The Body Explosion? You know, I'm a fan of that title yes. myself, but I feel like some people would be like, what is this? What is this about? I don't right. know. It should be more Body violent. Explosion. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> is this some called... like Cronenberg film? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Did this, am I thinking of it now? Is this before Mortal Kombat? Would people be confused? Like... Uh, hmm. if uh, if a game was called Mus- Muscle Bomber: The Body Explosion after Mortal Kombat, yeah, let's get those two mixed up. I mean, yeah. You know, uh, let's see, Mortal. Uh, wait, Mortal Kombat Two came out in nineteen eighty three. Okay, yeah, so Mortal Kombat's oh. already yeah. So no confusion between this and Body Explosion. Right, Kombat. Um, uh. yeah, it, yeah, it'd be pretty funny if uh, people. Yeah, they're like, oh, cool, another fucking violent ass video game, and it's like, oh, it's pro wrestling. Hmm. Damn. Uh, Not as w- violent as I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You know, that was what is that guy? Is he cutting himself with a blade to bleed on purpose? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Oh no, that's kind of <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was telling my dad the other day. I was like, can you imagine being the first guy that was like, hey guys, what if I cut myself during the match? Yeah. And they're like. <laughs> Excuse me? With what? Oh, I'm going to put some razor blades in my, my bandages. Yeah. Like, what? Why? Well, it's going to be real cool, right? awesome. What if I cut yeah. my forehead open while no one's looking? <laughs> They'll see you. <laughs> no, 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 no. You you do something in the ring, and I'll just be over here cutting my head open. Uh, then it'll look like when you hit me, I, I bled. Right. Just like in a real fight. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and there's nothing wrong with Saturday Night Slam Masters, a fantastic wrestling-based fighting game. Uh, Which I don't think has any blading in it. Probably not. God, that, yeah. That would be pretty <laughs> like fun. hurts on the side. Yeah, like, what if there is a blade button where, like, <laughs> you're down and you hit the blade button to, like, it's like you cut, but, like, it gives you, like, a little, like, charisma meter or something, or, like... Yeah, like a little mini-game. Yeah, you, the, you audience, yourself- the audience gets hyped up because they see the Crimson Mask. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, how how good you gig yourself. Like, it's like a little mini game. And, you know, you might do like a, 
an okay gig so it looks good or you might give yourself like the dustin Rhodes special oh, so it's just fucking gushing yeah <laughs> gotta be careful get the ring all slippery with blood it's fucked up um the fucking john moxley in the ring and yeah, shit christ uh i like that you know on the wrestling tip on the john moxley thing i guess i think he recently either said in a fucking promo or something he explained why he bleeds so much he's like yeah i got a lot of scar tissue in my head it bleeds like you know i cut real easily it's like god he gave an in he gave like a canon explanation yeah. of why he bleeds every time he has a match yeah. good for him um it's, it's all bullshit it's hilarious though it's, um, I love it. yeah he's the best so we got three songs from saturday night slam masters and the fantastic composers masaki izutani toshio kajino siun nishigaki and nobuhiro ouchi we've got stage one that's tokyo baby we've got stage seven los angeles and then we've got the theme of mike macho hagar and that's gonna do it for the 93 segment we'll see you guys in 2003 
Jesse, it's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. Guess what? We only got two fucking games for this segment and three for the next one. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. But you know what? For this segment, two pretty great ones. I'm not going to say one is uh, necessarily greater than the other. You might argue that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, two uh, two pretty fantastic games. I'm, I'm going to turn the floor over to you for the first one, Jesse. It's time to talk about Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. A pretty great oh, game. Oh, boy. <laughs> this, this game is an incredible. In uh, so many ways, it was the, you know, the next big thing from, uh, from Bioware, you know, makers of Baldur's Gate 2, which oh, yeah, you those know, guys. Just Baldur's Gate 3 just came out. Right. So this is kind of cool news. that we're doing this now, even though it's, you know, supposed to have been a, few, a month ago but uh yeah no knights of the old republic was the you know the the dream of the star wars fan to live in like to be able to like have this big massive rpg in the star wars universe and it was like back in the past like like thousands of years before uh the movies so you got to see like new stuff stuff that reminded you of the stuff from the movies um it was there was references from like some of the comics that they had written about the this time period like i was super jazzed when you'd find like xr coon's armor and stuff because i read those books and he was like the first sith motherfucker to have a double-bladed lightsaber and it wasn't a fucking pussy ass staff either it was like a fucking just a regular old lightsaber hilt so like you had to be good with that thing or you're cutting your arms off Sweet. uh <laughs> so like um like this game was also the the game where I stopped. I slowly stopped becoming an edge lord uh, because, like, I, when I got this game, I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna be the 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 darkest, you know, Sith lord, just saying all the evil stuff." And then I'm playing this game, and I fucking upset this Ithorian guy, and I felt so terrible. Like, I was like, "Wait." Being mean to people is stupid. I don't like this. I, <laughs> I think I should go with the so light like, side. <laughs> this game was like like some kind of like change in me. It was weird. Hmm. Like I should be nice to video game characters. I don't know why that's <laughs> hey, you know. Yeah. You never saw it coming. Yeah. And yeah. uh so many games based around being a jerk. And this one it's like, oh well, damn, I didn't feel good about that. I guess I'll be a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And and it had one of the like coolest like video game twists in the end and stuff. Like, do you think after twenty um, years you can just tell me what it is? Oh man, are they remaking like this? I, Should I wait for a remake? 
Oh boy. So they said they were going to remake it. And then recently they're like, um, we might not be remaking it, but maybe we don't know. It's, it's like kind of up in the air in a bad way right now. Damn. So, cause they were talking about, it was going to be like a remake on the level of like final fantasy seven remake. Yeah. Which would have been fucking just insane. Astounding. Yeah. Um, but okay spoiler alert i'll give you guys some time okay so i I was watching the clock on that i'll edit this in before uh if you don't want spoilers for star wars knights of the old republic that came out 20 years ago skip ahead about a minute and 45 seconds right now um so when you when you play this game you're uh the big bad is this guy Darth Malak, mm. and like he's like this uh, crazy, you know, Sith Lord dude, um, runs the Sith Empire and whatnot. And um, you had heard, uh, you're like this guy. You wake up in this uh, ship, um, and you're with this Jedi lady, and she's like, "We have to get you off the ship and stuff." And um, so you're doing all these quests and stuff, do- going around to these different planets and. And trying to stop Darth Malak and whatnot. And they keep mentioning that, like, Darth Malak's uh, uh, master, Darth Revan, was killed. And that's why Darth uh, Malak is especially upset. Mm. Well, finally, at the end, you find out that you were Darth Revan the whole time. And that the the (laughs) Jedi lady had, like, done some, like, super force magic to your brain. So you, like, forgot. Damn. so at that point, you can be like, oh, well, then I want to be evil again and help Darth Malak and get, get fucked, lady. Wow. Or you can be like, oh, okay, uh, you've, you know, I've seen that me being a Sith Lord back in the day kind of sucked, so I'll be good now. But it was such a cool twist because it's like, you're like, wait, I was the fucking <laughs> ultimate bad guy, actually? No, I wasn't. I was good to everybody. <laughs> I was, yeah. That's fucking crazy. So, like Man. it was a really cool twist at that time. Yeah, dude. Damn, dude. Sounds um, sounds cool. You yeah, know. it was really fun. Some wild ass shit. Game. What a fucking twist! I hope they actually do get around to remaking it because yeah, I and just uh, want to play something. The companions like are pretty cool. Um, like there's a few like dumb ones, but like the the droid, the assassin droid HK47 calls all like humans meat bags and yeah. stuff and. Like, he's such a funny character. I love a sassy droid, you know? Right. (laughs) I feel like I just want to play this because it came out at a time, I mean, 2003 had, what did we just, we just had Attack of the Clones, so everybody was looking for something good, and then they deliver (laughs) something good, but it was only on Xbox, and I never got a chance to play it. But, like, I feel like this predates the time when I found Star Wars exhausting. And, yeah, I thought Star Wars was pretty fucking cool and still enjoyed it during the prequels, even though the prequels are not great. Uh, But, I, you know, it's like it was just a thing that I could enjoy somewhat casually back then. And I feel like that has gone away in the years since, (laughs) you know, due to a combination of there being, you know, I don't know, slightly shitty fandom and maybe... uh, Slightly, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm being generous here. <laughs> you know, something, uh, something about the combination of the fandom and then just you know the way things have gone with kind of just nerd culture in general. Like 
where there's just so much of everything. Like, and Star Wars was the original. There's so much of everything with the novels and all the you know side shit and backstory and stuff. This felt like a good, clean thing to experience. Hey, here's a Star Wars like backstory thing. Cool. I would like to play that. Never got the chance. Would like to. Would like to see a remake of it. Um, because yeah, Old Republic just seems cool. They should make some movies about this. Maybe I don't know. Just spitballing here. Um, they um, I think you can get this on the Switch. Oh, good. But it's not yeah, a remake. They, it's not like a remake. It's more of like a remaster or whatever. It's like they put it out a couple years ago. From what Weird. I hear, it's it's very playable and good. So cool. Well, I might just look into it. But in the meantime, we've got three fantastic songs from uh, composer Jeremy Soule, or Soule, however you say this asshole's name. Uh, we've got <laughs> The Old Republic, and we've got Bastilla, tell me if I'm saying this right, Jesse, Bastilla Shan? Bast- yeah, that's the lady who uh, who wiped your mind. Ah, okay, and then we've got Darth Malik. so I, I yeah. guess I've chosen decent uh, songs representing Perfect. this game. So let's uh, let's hear some bonus beats from Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic.
good tunes in the kind of star wars uh sound yeah mm-hmm. dig that uh dig that orchestra dig those horns good horns in the star wars music the horns are strong in this one. Oh, damn jesse that was a much more concise way to say that you're good son you're good <laughs> so uh let's talk about a game in which the horns aren't so strong but uh you know other things about it are strong Again, you know, I didn't order these based on, you know, which was better, which was worse. Uh, I think I subconsciously decided to put this one uh, last for this segment because I guess the tunes are more fun, a little more lively, upbeat. But um, a great little game for the Nintendo GameCube. Mario and his friends are back on the links. It's Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Um, you know, a game... Yeah, I uh, I actually played this. It's pro- it's my most recent Mario Golf play. I didn't play the one that came out on the Switch, but uh, a buddy of mine moved away and got rid of his uh, random selection of video games, and this was in it. I'm like, damn, Toadstool Tour? I haven't played that in about a minute. And uh, nice. this game fucking rules. Um, How much Mario Golf do you play, Jesse? Any? Um, Let's see. I played the one on Game Boy. Mm. Um... I think I played 64. I played so much of the um, one on 64 that I don't feel like I played this one very much when it came out. Like, it was a rental, and I played it and enjoyed it, but didn't really keep it. But, man, owning it now, I was like, damn, I could actually see playing this, trying to the rig. This game's fun as fuck, man. <laughs> like, it just, you know, cool. it, it looks a little muddy these days. You know, it's GameCube graphics. But, like, just, you know, it's a fun Mario Golf game, and it seems to strike that balance well of... Uh, kind of, you know, fun, you know, easy going golf with a little bit of, you know, difficulty with the, you know, the weather factors and things like that. And then a good amount of, you know, the Mario world charm. Like it's not, not every course and hole is just wacky with Mario shit. You know, you're not hitting, 
bouncing mushrooms all the time and it's not like the new one where like you know you can hit power shots that blow everybody else's balls away or whatever you know <laughs> uh it's just it's good solid mario golf then you know there are some levels where you know yeah you're um if you have enough power on your drive you can fucking uh, hit it kind of up this hill and it'll roll and then oh look there's a pipe and it rolls down there and makes you know it goes an extra 80 yards and you've got a good easy layup shot for your next thing that kind of thing like just you know good good mario golf game um you know got fun courses uh there's you know this really uh like frustrating like dk jungle based one where you're in like treetops and fucking you know it's really hard cuz there's no it's like you're, it's like island golf you know almost like you're you know there's yeah. no fairways really <laughs> oh <laughs> so it's like you know it's like a precision game like you if i think it's when you play like close to the hole or whatever you know you're playing in the dk trees and it's like oh yeah this is hard as shit <laughs> like there's no room for error in this cool um but yeah, man, just a man, fun fun game. Love uh, love Mario Golf and the tunes are just so delightful. It's very clear that Motoy Sakuraba at some point went to Jamaica on vacation and was like <laughs> he came back he's like, "Guys, have you heard of this thing? This fucking like steel drum? You know, we should fucking can I get one of these? Can you know, can I put in a purchase order and have a steel drum shipped here to Japan because I got some ideas for this Mario Golf Toadstool tour. I'm, you know, I, I got something here. Um, but yeah, just a, a fun soundtrack, fun game. Uh, love Mario Golf. I, you know, I probably should play the one on the Switch at some point, but uh, it almost looked too wacky for me. Like I'd like to play it, but I kind of want <laughs> like I would rather have like a fucking updone port of this. I want to want to get back to this Mario Golf instead of uh. Instead of the crazy ass thing they came out with for the uh, for the Switch, but uh, yeah, good game, good shit. Uh, three fantastic songs from again composer Motoi Sakuraba. We've got Peach's Invitational, we've got the Coin Attack, and we've got Blooper Bay, and that's gonna do it again. You know, a two game segment. We're moving on from this to 2013, and we'll see you guys there.
man, I guess uh, guess what I said about the steel drums didn't really bear out on those Mario Golf songs. But trust me, play the game. <laughs> Fucking uh, Sakuraba found a steel drum, but you know, good uh, good tunes, good Mario Golf. So it's the final segment, Jesse, and we've got man three games that definitely exist and the two of us have definitely played. Oh boy, I know you're raring to go. You're chomping at the bit for the chance to talk about the Shin Megami Tensei series. Of course, your favorite of the series, Shin Megami Tensei 4. So, I'm pretty sure this is one of those games that has a uh, first-person battle system. <gasps> Gasp. So, I just I just didn't bother with it. Damn. Um. This one's for the 3DS, by the way. I'm sorry, I should have said that yes. before. Shin Megami Tensei 4 on the 3DS. And I've heard good things if you're into those types of games. Um, the it, Shin Megami is... Tensei games are notoriously very difficult, too. So mm. if you like really hard RPGs on your 3DS, this is the one to get. Word. Uh, I will say it is first person, but Jesse, in this one, the you know the bottom screen of the 3DS shows like a, an artwork of your character as they're attacking on the top screen to, in a first person view. So are they are they moving at no, all? No, no, like... no. It's just a still image. Okay. So then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, doesn't count. If they wiggled her a little bit or something, maybe like right. I don't know. Nope, it's just a nice uh, nice art image of who you're attacking with, and then you just see. Uh, you know, hideous monsters on the top screen getting attacked. I'm sorry, Jesse. Yeah, you know, man, I should have known not to bring a first-person RPG on the show. What am I thinking? God, yeah, um, yeah. No, I, yeah, you're uh, really goofed. Yeah, jeez, tell me about it. I, um, I've literally never played the Shin Megami Tensei games, but you know, it's a series that people seem to like, um, and it seems related to a series that people seem to like. You know, people like this company, Atlas. Uh, they like this uh, Megami Tensei game. They like the the Persona games, uh, which you know, again, I'm still unclear on the connection yeah, between. Rules. Yeah, I'm still unclear on the connection between these two. Besides being made by Atlas, they they did start out as they like split off from this same series at some point, right? So it's basically they have the same kind of like uh, demons. So all the demons in the games, like the monsters you fight or use against other monsters, okay. are pretty much all the same in the Shin Megami and uh, Persona games and anything that's like in that Atlas verse. Um, let's see. Like the Shin Megami games often take place like in like weird futures. Um, let's see. Then you have like the Digital Devil Saga, which is like, you know, inside computers or whatever. Oh yeah, geez, I'm um, seeing here now. Geez, spinoffs of the series: Megami Tensei yeah. Gaiden, Majin Tensei, Devil Summoner, Persona, Digital Devil, Devil Children, and Devil Survivor. Yep. No wonder I don't understand this series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of it. <laughs> um, but like Persona takes place typically in high school, so everyone has been through the high school, so it's more relatable. <laughs> right. Exactly. I haven't Not everyone demons. has been in a post-apocalyptic future. Yes, like, hmm. that you know that does help ground things a little bit. Like, you know, I can handle demons as they relate to high school students, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you know. D uh, dark future shit. No, not so much. But anyway, two fantastic songs coming up from Shin Megami Tensei Four on the 3DS, uh, developed by Atlas and composed by Ryota Kazuka and Sukasa Masuko. Uh, I believe I got the just the game rip files on this, so I don't have fantastic titles for this. I've got Battle B8 and Battle C5. 
And uh, you sunk my battleship.
Yeah, pretty uh, pretty rad and intense uh, battle music there. Um, I feel like it, using those coordinates, you would not have sunk a battleship well, because... <laughs> yeah, I get it. I don't Jesse. know why that really got to me <laughs> yeah. in my head. I was like... Yeah. Okay, so I didn't use head, battle like, B8 and battle C8. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's what stuck with me. Point is, you know, the life of somebody trying to find fucking files for a game that they don't fully understand leads to things like saying the title of this song is Battle C5. Um, so moving on to a game that I'm confident neither of us have any idea what it is. A little game that came out on the PlayStation 3, I believe. Um, a game that I've uh, not heard of. But I saw who was the composer of it and decided, well, it makes the show. So, Jesse, tell me if you've heard of Time and Eternity. Is this a game where, like, your character is a lady and yes. she has, like, a rifle? Maybe. And, like, <laughs> I feel like I played, like, a demo of this when I first got, like, my PlayStation 3. And hmm. was like, this is a weird take on an RPG. Well, it wouldn't be when you um, first got your PS3, unless you got it the year the PS4 came out. Because, yeah, this game, again, is coming out in the, the twilight of the PS3's life cycle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it, uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is. It's, it's an RPG, and yeah, you play as ladies. You're playing as uh, the Princess Toki and her alter ego, Toa, and... Uh, you know, there's uh, it's action battles. Um, you know, like uh, Toki's a long range fighter and Toa is a close range fighter. It's you know, uh, it's like an action RPG with uh, you know, with lady characters. And you know, I uh, that's literally all I know about it. It's got a nice anime look yeah. to it. Um, but again, I, I have almost nothing to say about it aside from the fact. That it's got a soundtrack composed by Yuzo Koshiro. Oh well, yeah, that's why you would play it. Yep, that's why it's here. Um, we got we got Yuzo on the show. Johnny's not here, so we don't have to call him Kuzo. We got Yuzo Koshiro on the show, um, and yeah, that's why we've got time and eternity. Uh, you know, I'm looking through some screenshots now. The, the you know the cartoon art style does look really good. There's also a lot of panty shots, so yeah. I guess it's kind of one of those. Uh, or if it's not, then that's just what the people that reviewed it chose to focus on. Girls in many skirts. Girls in many skirts fighting monsters. It looks kind of rad. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, girls with, uh, like, fucking samurai swords fucking fighting, like, glowing monsters uh, wearing mini skirts. Sounds and looks pretty cool. But, yeah, what a, what a weird one. But... Again, we've got uh, two. Uh, we've got uh, Yuzo Koshiro soundtrack. So actually, we're going to throw a bonus beat on this one as well. So uh, from composer Yuzo Koshiro, uh, video game music Mount Rushmore member Yuzo Koshiro, uh, developed by a uh, yeah, <laughs> I almost misread this uh, developer. I thought it said Image Pooch, uh, but it's <laughs> <laughs> Image Epoch, which is you know less cool than Image Pooch. Pooch. <laughs> it should be Image Pooch. <laughs> Developed by Image Pooch and composed by Yuzo Koshiro. We've got three songs from Time and Eternity. We've got Sunlight Filtering Through the Trees. We've got Overcoming Fate. And we've got A Heart That Can't Be Broken. So, uh, 
Let's listen to these uh, Time and Eternity songs, hopefully not forever.
you know, it's a uh, it's a really interesting soundtrack. It's got a lot going on, and there's a lot more to it than just uh, I think we can convey in three songs. I feel like I need to give uh, a little bit of time to time and eternity. No, um, from what I read, uh, it received generally unfavorable reviews. Oh no! But what about the soundtrack? <laughs> oh, the soundtrack is probably fine. Yeah, no, okay. I don't want to play the fucking game. Oh, wow, okay, God. okay. I was just making sure. Jeez, yeah, wow. I'm not even. I didn't even look at the reviews. You know, God, one star, two stars, five point six from IGN. Hey, yeah. What's the? Uh, God, what's the beef? You know. Four out of ten. Rather than the suave, impressive chat-up line it could have so easily been, Time and Eternity instead sashays up to feminism and blurts, I like your boobs, like Seth (laughs) Rogen's menacing delivery in Donnie Darko. It could be a misjudged line, but it's not attractive and it's not funny and it's just plain creepy. What the fuck does that mean? Who wrote that? Uh, That's from The Digital Fix. Um, Okay. Oh, uh, they're saying it's a dating sim as well as a a bad RPG. Interesting. Oh, I didn't know about that. All I knew about it was that Yusuke Koshiro soundtrack. Yeah. Wow. That whatever that insanely written line about, you know, Seth Rogen, Donnie Darko thing. You know, (laughs) that's a that's a pull. Yeah. Seriously, that was a pull in 2013. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, time and eternity. Maybe not worth uh, worth your time your for time or eternity. Yeah, certainly not. I'm not going to play it for eternity. But I'll I'll listen to that soundtrack. I'm I'm curious about it. Uh, good tunes. So let's finish with a game uh, that does not involve time or eternity, except in the sense that I guess it's about um, so- a certain period in time. And, and we'll be getting these games for all of eternity. They will continue making these games for all eternity. Somehow, <laughs> somehow we're at Dynasty Warriors Eight. Um, you know, how many more stories could there be to tell from this very specific period of history? Look, John, uh, <laughs> Lou Boo is that badass. They just got to keep making games about Lou Boo because yeah. it's fucking Lou Boo. He's worth your time. And yes, they'll make them for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, yeah don't step to Lou Boo. He'll make another game. Um, yeah. Have they made a Dynasty Warrior since then? I feel like, is this the, Probably. you know, hold on. Let me check. Cause they, you know, maybe they took a break. No, okay, in 2018, they came out with Dynasty Warriors 9. But hey, Jesse, it's been five years since they made a Dynasty Warriors. Well, because they make other Warriors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fucking Nintendo came and was like, hey, make our games into Warriors. And uh, now they're busy, I guess. Yeah. That's cool. I, I uh, I think there's value in these Musou games for those people that like them. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but I appreciate them. Like, I appreciate how rad and stupid they are. But... Yeah, you know, it's not necessarily for me. Like I'm looking for a little, little more than just the, the, you know, I don't want to call it mindless because it's not. There's skill involved in playing the game, and you learn how to play the game. But it's yeah, you know, I don't know. Like beat 'em ups. It's silly and over the top beat 'em up shit. Uh, you know, uh, done on the funniest scale possible. Like <laughs> hitting hundreds of guys with each hit. It's dope. Um, I'm not down on it. You know, I don't want to make it sound like I am. Yeah, I like it. Like the idea. I, I'm not familiar with the the history of uh, the fucking Three Kingdoms, so that kind of you know prevents me from really getting into the the Warriors games, the Dynasty Warriors games. 
And then, you know, when I've played, uh, you know, the but other you one. you don't really, you don't have to be like a his, history No, these are, these are games made for people games. that love ancient Chinese yep. history, Jesse. <laughs> no. Or, you know, these are the games you play to learn about ancient Chinese history. Right. And these are the games you play before you take a trip to China. And then you yeah. come in and say, I, I know a thing or two about your culture. Um, oh, I've heard of the Yellow Turban Clan, and mm -hmm. I agree they should be just sent on one of those big weird boats, and and you know a lot of what are they called junks, and uh, fire you know fire arrows at them, get right. them out of here. <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's what we know. That's how we uh, that's how we relate to the Chinese people when we go visit, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Me and Jesse take those trips to China and just talk up Dynasty Warriors shit. <laughs> God, that'd be a great show on Travel Channel. Jesus Christ! Yeah, John and Jesse attempt to understand China <laughs> through, through the Dynasty of Warriors. Dynasty Warriors. Well, there's a lot Can of people here. I understand the games now. You can't swing a spear around here without hitting a hundred yeah. people. Yeah, but, <laughs> hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, Dynasty Warriors games are cool. Warriors games in general. Musou games, very cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Dynasty Warriors 8 on the PS3, just as cool as all of it. So, uh, we're gonna close out with that. But before we do, Jesse, I uh, want to say thanks for coming, man. What a show it's been. Uh, always a pleasure yeah. to do a one-on-one -on -one gyms with you, fella. And, uh, want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks to everybody checking out Patreon. We love you guys, uh, supporting us here. If, uh, if you got a friend that you think would love the show, share it with them. Um, you know, we appreciate you guys, uh, being patrons and continuing to support our, uh, buffoonery. Um, and yeah, we're going home with three songs from Dynasty Warriors 8 and the, uh, super stack composer team of Masato Koike, Sasaki Masayosha, Masako Otsuka, Yasuhiro Misawa, and Kenji Nakajo. We've got three songs. We've got Cyclonized Typhoon. We've got Capricious Wind. It's the theme of a fart. And we've got With Vengeance. Also, the theme of one of my farts. So... Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Game That Tune Gems. We'll see you next month, uh, next month for some more fun. Peace out, everybody.